Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. I'm usually excited about God's word, but when things were moving, I'm going to say things, when the spirit was moving, and then our lead intercessor, uh, Pastor Raquel, looked at me. She doesn't usually do these things. She looks and she looks, she looks at me, and she always has that look on her face, like, but I know when she does it, she does it with holy boldness. She does it afraid, but she does it. Now, mind you, I want you guys, some people always come up and they talk about they got a word. I got a word. And they say a word, but really it's not a word. It's something that they feel. You guys get me? But when somebody comes up and they give you the word, it's backed up with this, what's in the Bible. You guys understand what I'm saying? I believe in prophetic words, but... I also believe that when God gives you a scripture like just happened, you see, Pastor Raquel gave what the word was. She talked about Abba Father, that we are his children. And God gave her the word. And I'm sitting there going, oh, my gosh. God deposited something in me. He deposited in some because some of the stuff that I'm gonna we're gonna talk about. The only reason why I'm excited about this guy, guys, because we will see that God is true. So today we're gonna continue with our theme. We continuamos con nuestro tema, and we're gonna talk about the spirit of rejection. El espíritu del rechazo. Rechazo. Did I say that right? Rechazo. The spirit of rejection has prevented the church from truly receiving the love of the Father and has kept us in a position of mediocre Christianity. Rebellious, disobedient, unable to show love, and unable to receive love. These are just a few of the symptoms of the spirit of rejection. Romans 8 and 15 says this, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit of rejection is the spirit of bondage that causes us to fear. Behind fear is pride, rebellion, and disobedience. Our goal is to recognize. Nuestra meta es reconocer this spirit operating in our lives and receive the spirit of adoption. The spirit of adoption. Last week we talked about um, 
how uh, seeking to know Jesus. It's not what you think. 1 Corinthians 8 and 2 says this. If anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing as he ought to know. What was that saying? It's like a lot of us have been here, and some of us in here probably know the Bible backwards and forwards. I can ask you where something is. Some of you guys in here have been in church so long, you probably even heard every sermon. But I'm here, and what I wanted to tell you guys last week is, at some point in your life, you need to forget about what you think you know because there's so much more to God than you think. There's a lot of things we get to know in life, but when it comes to knowing God and anything about him, we need to be in a place where we say, you know what, I don't know much about him. I've seen a lot about him. I've experienced some things with him, but really I don't know anything about him. Because right now, what you know in your mind cannot even fathom how big God is. Last week, we said we have to learn to find God on your knees. We learned about God. We learned about God. We learn about God through suffering. Nobody wants to suffer. Uh, hopefully, I mean, there's a gift of suffering. That's what Paul said, that I may know him. But here, we get to know God through suffering. It's our suffering that brings us to our knees, our knees in submission and our knees to pr in prayer. Come on, y'all. Some of us in here sitting down, if you hadn't gone through that painful experience, if you hadn't gone through those situations, if you hadn't gone through that sickness or that breakup, you would not know God like you know him now. But we also have to understand this. We have to seek God with our hearts and not with our heads. David said this in Psalms 119 and 10. He said, with my whole heart, I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. He said, with my whole heart. You guys know, you guys ever been in relationships where people's heart ain't in it? Are people at your job, they're just at the job just to be there because their heart isn't in it? Who wants to be around people like that? Can I get an amen? Am I preaching to anybody today? When you're sitting around with somebody, their heart isn't into what they're doing. You don't even want to be around. Why are you even doing it? But David said, with my whole heart, I will seek the Lord. There's so many of us as Christians that are seeking God with our heads, but not our hearts. It's all a head knowledge, but what about a heart experience? Jeremiah 29 and 13 said, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with your heart, not with your head. Listen, saints, learning the scriptures are good, but we must have an experience. Somebody say experience. Yes, we must have an experience if we want to have a heart change. I don't know if you guys know this or not already, but I'm in a candidate. I'm, I'm, I'm on my way to get a new heart. You guys don't know? That's what I'm, I'm waiting to have. I'm doing all the work and everything else. And my heart's too big. 
figuratively and literally. But I'm excited for the heart change. That should have been the title of my, my message. I'm excited about the heart change. God's going to give me a new heart, which in turn will give me new life. Life and life more abundantly just by giving me a new heart. See, experiences create a change of heart, whether it's a bad experience or a good experience. What you experience in your life will change your heart. But so much of it is based on what someone else says or what somebody has told us. And we are content with hearsay. The, the problem with depending on secondhand information is you never get the experience. Let me help you guys out. My wife. Wonderful cook. My wife can make some oxtails. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. She makes these oxtails and she puts them in the oven and she marinates them in the oven. You can smell them. And when she pulls them out, she sets them on top of rice and she puts the gravy on top of them. And the meat is so... Mm. It falls off the bone. I'm just telling you what it looks like. You ain't even tasted it yet. So you look at it, and she puts, the, puts it on there, and then she puts the vegetables around it because it complements the, 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 the oxtails and the rice, and, and you eat it, and you're like, oh, my goodness. It's, it's like, uh, like Tony says, like baby angels coming and kissing your face. That's what it's like. And the oxtails are so good. Just looking at them look good. And when it's done, you get the, the bones. All that's left on your plate is the bones. Now, I just told everybody about the oxtails. I told you because I've experienced her oxtails. And I just told you about it. But now that you haven't, you haven't experienced her oxtails, but you're going to go and tell somebody, ooh, Pastor Kaya's oxtails, they good. But you ain't never tasted them. You ready, but you only, listen, listen, you only had a head change but once I tasted those oxtails, I had a heart change. I wanted oxtails again. I want them. I, I look forward to it. I'm in love with the oxtails. You just know about it, and you may think you may love them. It sounds good, but you've never experienced the oxtails. You just heard about it. If you ever go to court and they pull up a witness and the witness goes, yep, he's the one that did it. He's the one that did that. And they go like, were you there? No, I wasn't there, but I heard about it. You, you know what they call that? Hearsay. It's hearsay evidence. You weren't there. You weren't a witness. Most of us only know what we love or most of us only know what love is based upon what others have told us. 
or witnessed from a distance. Love isn't found in the head. Love is found in the heart. This is why God loves you heart to heart, not head to heart. You cannot experience the love of God in your mind. Let me, let me remind you of what our goal is this morning. Our goal is to begin to experience the love of God, the love of the Father, so that we could be and understand that we are children of God. We need to experience, experience, not hear about it, but experience the love of the Father. Not just hear about it, but experience the love of the Father. There is a difference between an encounter and an experience. Hmm. What do you mean? I'm glad you asked. An encounter is defined as to meet especially unexpectedly. An example of an encounter is to come upon a deer in the woods. Yesterday, I was having coffee, and I was bumping into people here and there. I didn't know who they were, but I would bump into people. I had an encounter with them. Boom. Oh, hey, how you doing? Doing great. They go on about their day. I encountered them, but I didn't experience them. I had an encounter. Oh, hey, how you doing? That's an encounter. Another word is to meet by chance to run into, to run across, to come across, to come upon, to stumble across, to stumble on, uh, to chance on, happen on. It's an informal bump into. A lot of Christians think that an encounter with God will change their heart. An encounter with God will change what you think about Christ, but most people don't go the next step to get Christ in our hearts. People come to church and encounter God. We all encountered him today, but we didn't have an experience because when you have an experience, an experience will change your heart. See, the spirit of rejection is in our heads, but the spirit of adoption is in our hearts. The spirit of adoption allows us to receive the love of the father no matter who likes us or who loves us. You guys understand that? Because you know the spirit of rejection, the spirit of rejection keeps us from moving into the, to, to the plan and purpose what God has for us. What, is it, what does the Bible say about um, the fear of man? It's a snare. People say, well, fear, I'm, I'm not scared of any man. No, but you know what? People pleasing. You want people to like you. But when you receive the love of the Father, you don't care who likes you or loves you. I've got all the love that I need. And when you begin to understand the love of the Father and then people around you know about the love of the Father, then you're going to experience the love of the Father, not just him loving you, but people around you loving you for who you are. But when we have an experience, an experience, With God. An experience is the process of living through an event. 
Have a casual meeting with God. You know him in your head. But when you have an intimate meeting with God, you have a change of heart. Come on, somebody. I I need you guys to understand. See, I had an experience with God because I know him as a healer. See, I've had an experience with God because I know him as a deliverer. I've had an experience with God because I know him as my helper. I've had an experience with God because I've known him as a counselor. See, some of y'all just, you guys just have an experience. But when you get sick and you need a healer, you need an experience. When Brother Fred was laying in a hospital, he was, he was on his way out, on his way to glory. But he found out that God is still healing. When I laid in the hospital bed, getting ready to have my guts taken out, sitting there with a stroke and couldn't talk. I found out. I heard about God being a healer. I've seen other people have experiences with them being healed with God, but I now know that God is still in the healing business. He delivered me from out of sin and shame. He's helped me. He's counseled me. He's given me wisdom and advice. You have to experience Jesus to create a change of heart instead of a head change. See, last week I said something to you guys that I know shocked you guys, but I said this. God doesn't want you to live by obedience. Jesus wants you to love him because love always aims to please. You can be obedient and not love, but you can't be in love and not want to please. (laughs) What you mean by that? You can be obedient and not love, but you can't be in love and not want to please. So many people, you, you you guys got kids. I talked about this last week. You got kids. I look at my niece running around here. I'm like, Rosalia, don't get on the couch. And she'll look at me and go. She won't get, she won't, she won't, uh, necessarily, how much, she won't necessarily uh, get on, not get on the couch, but she wants to let me know that I'm not getting on the couch, but I'm still going to touch the couch. <laughs> we know how disobedience happens. But see, you know, a lot of us will do things just because that's what the Bible says. We do stuff just because that's what the Bible says. And you know what happens? We end up in this struggle, this dichotomy of I want to be a Christian. I want to do things right. So I got to look and see what the, the word says. The word says I got to do it this way. But I, I have something in me. There's, I believe it's Paul that says there, there, that there's this, this war that it rages on in my flesh that when I want to do good, I do wrong. And, and when I do wrong, I, I can't do good. Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am. See, when we get like that, we, we want to follow rules, but we don't realize that Paul was saying this. He, he goes on and, and, he, and he understands that I need Jesus in my life. It isn't about me doing rules and regulations. It's about me being in love with God. And when you love God, you don't have to worry about the law. You don't have to worry about the rules because I love him. It will create a change of heart. We get it twisted thinking if we're obedient, we prove our love. 
No, if we love him, we will aim to please one another. Love aims to please. Obedience is only relevant when you are doing something you don't want to do. Did you guys get that? <laughs> I'm an obedient follower of Christ. Everybody throws it at you and says, well, you know, obedience is better than sacrifice. You know what's better than obedience? Love. But everybody wants to be obedient. I'm obedient to what the Lord has told me, so I'm going to be obedient. No, what you do is I just love the Lord. And because I love the Lord, I know what he wants. You know how I know? He tells me in his word how I should love. God's goal is not to produce obedient followers. You might do the right thing, but it's not from the right heart. It's a whitewashed tomb. Matthew 23 and 27 says this, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside you are full of dead men's bones and uncleanliness. Because you do all the rules, you do everything that the Bible says, but you've never really had the experience with God. And when you have an experience with God, you can fall in love with him. But if you're just trying to fall in love with rules... Most of us in life, we like to try to seek to be holy. <laughs> it is a commandment of the Lord. Everybody says, look, you know, we want to be holy. We got to be holy people. We got to be a holy people. It's a commandment of the Lord. Leviticus 11 and 45, it talks about a 19 and 2 and 20 and 7. First Peter 1 and 16, it says, be ye holy for I am holy. But holiness is just a byproduct of love. You guys know what holiness is? Holiness means this, dedicated for a specific use, sanctified, set apart. That's not your goal. Your goal isn't to be holy. Your goal is to love the Lord. But how can you love the Lord? You know why we can love the Lord? Because he first loved us. Oh, what manner of love is this that the Father has bestowed upon us that he calls us the children of God. He gave us, he bestowed upon us his love and because he first loved us, now we can love him. And when we start loving him, then we can take that love and begin to share with other people. But if we haven't received the love, listen, I, I sat there and I asked you guys to lift up your hands and I said, get ready for this word. And get, but you know what? Sometimes, and some of you guys, I don't know who, you know, maybe you're a Raider fan. And a receiver comes to get a ball, and, and every time the ball comes, the, that, that ball hits their hands, and it's like the exploding hand trick. They don't catch. Come on, Papa. Let's talk about it. Dallas Cowboys. But see, we need to be more like Debo. Samuels. He'll catch the ball. Okay, where was I going? Anyway, random. 
Some of us right now are hearing and God is throwing his word at us. We have our hands up, but we ain't ready to receive. God's trying to show you how much he loves you by giving you the word of God. That's why earlier I said that you need to open up your mouth and praise God because as you praise, it'll break up the fallow ground of your heart so that when you open up your hands to receive the word, which is the seed of God, you take that word, you put it in your heart, and when it gets into your heart, God will watch after his word to perform it. And then when that happens, all of a sudden, it'll take root. It will grow up, and guess what happens? Fruit produces patience, kindness, meekness, long-suffering. Don't seek, listen to me, don't seek to be holy, but seek to be in love. Seek to receive the love of the Father. Seek to, to sit down and go, you know what? Lord, I receive your love. I don't want love from anywhere else or anybody else. Yes, my wife loves me, but I first got to love myself. And, 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 you know, right now the big key word is self, what do they call it? Self, self-care. I see it everywhere. Everybody's like, self-care, selfie. I'm at, the, I'm at the spa. I'm here. Self-care, self-care. The real self-care is caring enough about yourself to receive the love of God, the love of the Father. Why relationships ain't working out? Because two people are depending upon each other to love each other instead of loving God and receiving the love of the Father. When I grew in love, listen to this, when I grew in love with my wife, I I dedicated certain behaviors and emotions to her and her alone. Listen to the words that I'm, listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. (laughs) When I grew in love, when I grew in love, I want you guys to understand something. When we talk about growing in love and being in love, the the Ruiz, how how many years? 30, 35 years. And they love each other now more than they did when they got married because they are still growing in love. Me and my wife, when I first met my wife, I I said, okay, I love love a lot about her. She's everything I prayed for. Hallelujah. Everything I prayed for. No, I just... I'm trying to stay focused. I love my wife, and I've grown in love with my wife. It doesn't mean that we don't have some hard times. But sometimes we got to remember about the love and not what's going on. And, 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 And I had to dedicate certain behaviors to my wife and to nobody else. I dedicate certain emotions to my wife and nothing else. I dedicate my life, my heart to her, and I forsaking all others, that I will leave my mother and father and I will cleave to my wife. It, it was, this was a commandment to the husband, to the wife, not the wife 
to the husband. I don't know why I'm going this direction, but I feel compelled to tell this, is that we, when we are in love, that a man, I'm talking about a man, it says, husbands, love your wife as Christ so loved the church. He didn't say wives love your husbands. He said husbands love your wives. And when you love somebody, you dedicate your emotions and your behaviors to her and no one else. I'm sorry that you might not feel that your wife is loving you or or receiving your love or respecting you, but your job is to make sure that you love her the same way that Christ loves us. We need to take the love of the Father and come through us so that we can turn love our wives. That was just a gift to who needed to hear this right now. Now, I need you guys to notice that I said I grew in love with my wife, not I grew in knowledge of her. There's people in my life that I admire. Colin Powell, General Colin Powell. Always knew about him. I was in the military. Always knew about him. Great man. I worked at Walter Reed Army Medical Center. And then one day, I got the call because I, I had to take care of my shop. It was an x-ray in the x-ray department. They said, uh, Colin Powell's coming in. I need you to meet him. You can do the CAT scan on him. Wow. Dude, I was like, wow. I get to meet Colin Powell. My hero. Get to meet him. So I'm sitting there waiting for him, and Secret Service come in. He comes in. I meet him. I'm like, you know, like a little girl. I'm like, (laughs) I got to meet Colin Powell. Got to shake his hand. He asked me a couple questions, said a couple things, did his CAT scan, he was out. As wonderful of, 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 a, of a, a time it was, it was a great encounter, but there wasn't an experience. I encountered him. The problem with us is, is we keep saying stuff like, I've experienced. You're like, man, that was a great experience. It wasn't. It was an encounter because I only know so much about him, but I didn't know him to sit down and maybe do, be intimate with him. To sit down and let him really pour into me for like three or four hours and tell me what he went through and how he feels and some of his emotions and, and things like that. But some of us sit down and we do stuff like, man, I know where, he, I know where Colin Powell's from. I knew where he grew up at. I knew all this. Other, but at the end of the day, at Colin Powell, at his house, before he went on to glory, I, I couldn't go knock on his door because he really doesn't know me. And that's some of us. We have an encounter with God. We know where he's at. We know he sits on the throne. We know that he's high and lifted up. 
We know his name. We know that he's done great works and marvelous works. He's still a healer. He's still a counselor. He's still who he says he is and who we think he is. But at the end of the day, I'm here to tell y'all Christians this one thing. Unless you have an experience with God, a true experience with God, a true change of heart, you may look and on that great day and you'll be standing before Jesus Christ all by yourself. And he says, yes, you may have laid hands on people. You may have used my name. But at the end of the day, I never knew you. Depart from me. We also tend to think that righteousness is a behavior. See, righteousness is being in right relationship with God. Jesus Christ is our righteousness. Because of him, we can now have right relationship with God. Watch this. You guys watch this? We're talking about children. We're talking about children. Children have great experiences with their father. King David was a man after God's own heart. That's relationship. But King David broke more Levitical laws than his predecessor Saul. But he wasn't punished for it. Did you guys catch that? Saul was rejected as king, but David, I don't have enough time to talk about the stuff that David did. But you know what? Why was he approved? Because David had a heart after God. He had right relationship with the father, even though he did some dumb, stupid, idiotic. Did you guys catch that? He, God still loved him. Why? Because he was in right relationship with the father. You guys, you know the, the prodigal son? You know the, the story about the prodigal son? Do you realize that he himself be, ended up being a hero? While the one that did everything right ends up being the bad guy, the brother. Did you know that Joseph was favored over his brothers? You know why? Because a right relationship with his father. Righteousness isn't about behavior. It's about relationship. And what is that? What does righteousness and relationship have to do with it? First John 3 and 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it does not know him. That's why so many people right now, people, Instagram accounts, they do whatever they can to make sure they get so many followers because they want the love of the people and not the love of the Father. Now, I know you guys know that here at the, at the Building Christian Fellowship, we are all about real, relevant relationships with Christ. But we're not about following rules. And don't get me wrong, rules are important. Without rules, there is anarchy, uh, chaos, and confusion. According to 1 Corinthians 14 and 33, it says, For God is not an author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Now, I'm going to close. We're going to go ahead and close. I just need to add 
that to all you guys that are listening, everybody that's uh, out there in the cyber world, in the metaverse, whatever they call it, <laughs> I am not against rules. I'm not against laws. I just know if there is love in your heart, you are free from the law, meaning you don't have to worry about breaking rules when you're in love. Can I, just, can I just be honest? You guys listen to me? Men or women. When you love somebody, you don't have to worry about cheating. You know why? Because you love them. I'm not saying that maybe you have the feeling to cheat. But if you love them, love aims to please. You guys understand what I'm telling you? God's talking, talking to somebody today. I know he is. And cheating isn't always physical. It could be emotional. Don't think I'm just talking to uh, men. When I love somebody, remember... I have dedicated certain behaviors and emotions that are only towards the one that I love. So I don't have to worry about the law because I love and my love aims to please. Even though there's rules and laws that are set there, I don't have to worry about. If I go out walking around, I don't have to worry about stealing. Or I don't have to worry about stealing. Why? I'm not going to steal. Because I know stealing doesn't please God. But just loving on God, I don't have to worry about the law. Now, speaking of love, have you guys ever wondered why there has not been love in most churches? 1 John 4 and 6 says this, We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know that the spirit of truth and the spirit, and the spirit of error. The reason why most of us struggle with love is because love only comes from the Father. Why are churches and people in church having problems with love? Because they haven't received the love of the Father. And we know who the people are. That's what it says, it says right here. It says, those of, the, those of us that hear, hear us, are you hearing what the Word is saying today? The spirit of error, the spirit of fear, and the spirit of rejection is not from the Father. You guys hear what I'm saying? God did not give you the spirit of fear. He did not give you the spirit of rejection. He did not give you the, 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 uh, the spirit of error. God did not give you that spirit. He gave you power, Holy Ghost power. He gave you love because there's no, no fear in love. And the love of the Father is evident because of his spirit. And he also gave us a sound mind. A sound mind is a mind full of peace. You may know about the love of the Father or heard about the love of the Father, but have you experienced his love today? Have you received the Father's love so that you can give it? 
Our righteousness isn't found in what we heard or what we read, but our righteousness is found in a right relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet. you're in this place today and you have not received the love of the Father, and I mean that by you haven't received Jesus Christ in your heart, you say, today's the day. I'm going to give my life to Christ. If that's you, raise your hand. Just raise your hand right where you're at. My second petition. If you're in here today and you realized that you haven't received the love of the Father, that you've only had a uh, encounter with him. And you're like, I want to experience that love. If that's you today, raise your hand. Say, I want to experience the love of the Father. Amen. 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 I'm going to ask you guys to do something bold. Those that raised your hands, come on up front because I want to pray for you. Come on up. Amen. Amen. There's no shame. Jesus Christ bore that shame. This is a celebration of being set free. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there any, anybody else that will come join this, this life up here? Praise God, brother.